welcome to another edition of Ask Jillian. With me, as always, is Lucy. Hi, everybody. Now, we have a very special guest with us today because mm. women in television get to a certain age and they start to fuck with their face. Let's just say that. Oh. But more importantly, and then you notice it, they take a vacation, they come back, you're like, ooh. But then there's also the subtle changes that make you look really good. He's a big plastic surgeon who also has a podcast, and he's worked on a lot of people. He's very, very good at what he does. So joining us now (laughs) is somebody who knows a lot about plastic surgery. And you get to a certain age, you don't even think about it. I didn't in my 30s, 40s, didn't care, fillers, whatever. You get into your 50s and things change. Joining us is Dr. Roddy Raban, who has worked on many faces and done a lot of procedures over the past 16 years that you've been a plastic surgeon. So welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming on because plastic surgery is something that... It can be taboo. Not only taboo, I've had really great girlfriends have a little something done. Right. And like they'll message me, what do you notice about my picture? I go, I don't know, you just look really good. And she had like a lower when she was, I don't know, 54. And I go, dude, you look the same as you did when I met you like 20 years ago. That's what people want, right? They just want to look the same, but better. That's true. You know, we, you hear when the people come in, they, everybody, there's this sort of common themes. Like, I want to look natural, a better version of myself. Uh-huh. I want to be different, but I don't want anyone to know, which is makes absolutely no goddamn sense. <laughs> um, I want, you know, I, I, it's subtle, but dramatic. Um, like all these, <laughs> like all these. How are you, honest to God, I think about being, a do- when you were thinking about being a doctor and going through medical school, because obviously being a plastic surgeon is extra years, didn't you think like, this is so subjective, not objective, that people could be unhappy with results and like that Karen Mulder, the supermodel, sued her plastic surgeon because she didn't like how she looked. It's so, to me, subjective. Like, isn't that scary? Yeah, no, it's, that's exactly what we tell everybody. It, it, yeah. 100% it is subjective. All things in the arts, murals, mm. uh, paintings, um, yeah. fashion, it's subjective. Yeah. My background's not unique, but special in that I have a, a very subjective side of me. I love art. I love photography. And, but okay. I have a very objective side of me. So, wow. Um, you know, it's like down the middle. I was going to be, I was going to be an, uh, an architect. I loved engineering. Okay. And so what I try to do is to the extent that I can, I try to get objective measures so that I can be predictive of the subjective elements. So, so in other words, so for example, I do a lot of noses and noses people always, always describe subjectively. I want something natural, something that's ethnically appropriate. Oh my gosh, yes. I want something that, you know, looks like I was supposed to be born with it. And I'm like, I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what, I can't even help you. Natural is one of those words that just gives me cringes. Like what, what is natural to you? So, right. My girlfriend was born in Israel and she had a nose job by a very famous this is 30 years ago, plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills. And I just happened to be going to him for some fillers one day and she came with me and she's shooting the shit with him and she goes to him, your boss did my nose 25 years ago. And he goes, oh yes, I used to work. He was an older man. And she said, before she went under, she said, give me a tennis nose. And he goes, yeah, sure. Meaning like, you know, the white, what do you call the, you know, whatever, woman who plays tennis in the freaking club. And she woke up and she's from Israel and she kind of looks Roman, you know, and she was pissed off at first. She was like, I I still have the bump, but 
years later, she goes, I just want to thank him because if I had been given that, you know, knows, I would be pissed. So have you ever had that where, you know, your artistic side dictates something that maybe they don't see at the time, but they, like she said, I want to thank him. And he's like, well, he's dead now, but, um, <laughs> but he did such a good job that you would never think she had a nose job because like you said, ethnically, like what is natural? Yeah. I mean, I, I try, I spend, gosh, I mean, most people do consults in about 15 minutes. My consults are an hour and Mm, Half of it is really? just dialogue and chatting and whatever. And I try to constantly get people to walk the right plank rather than walk off the ledge. And so, yeah. so you know, they'll ask for things. You know, I did surgery this morning. I remember. You vivid. did? Yeah, yeah. I've, What'd I, you do? I did a nose and I did a revisional breast. Actually, oh, two? Yeah, actually, the patient that I did the second one was a patient of mine that oh I'd done gosh. breast cancer reconstruction on 10 years prior. Stop it. So, so yeah. Okay, yeah. question, because I am a breast cancer survivor. Mazel tov. Thank you. I don't have nips. And everyone's like, hey, you got to get nipples. I'm like, fuck that. Like, I just overcame cancer. I could care less about 3D tattoos. Dr. Drew is a friend of mine. He's like, you can graft the skin on your ears. I'm like, who's got this time? Who's got the time? <laughs> I got two kids. I'm a single mom. Now, what did you, was it full reconstruction of a person that you've already worked on? You mean with this lady today? Yeah, this morning. No, she had, had, she had had breast cancer. She had had a lumpectomy. For, first and foremost, my sister double mastectomy survivor of eight years oh, now. Oh, nice. see the first five-year so, marker's huge, so bravo. So, um, Yay. So I did her reconstruction at the time after she had a mastectomy and radiation and whatnot. She went on, she lived her life, and actually she resurfaced to my practice six months ago okay. and said, hey, I'm alive and I'm great, but you know, it's time for a little revision. Sure. The radiation really impacts the way the breasts look over time. Got that, not even over time. It's been almost, a, what, a year for me out of radiation? Mine is hard as a rock, yeah. okay? Because yeah. so, they did the implants and then they did the radiation and everyone said to me, do the implants later, do expanders. And I was like, nah, save time. Anyway. So Makes it really nonetheless, hard. she came back for some reshaping yeah. and improvement and aesthetic kind of just does refinement. Does she have nips? Does she have nipples? She does. She okay. didn't have a full mastectomy. She had a lumpectomy. My mm. sister had a mastectomy, had a complete mastectomy, which involves the nipple. Yeah. And listen, I mean, at the end of the day, what is the purpose of all of this? Get the rid purpose, of cancer. The purpose of all of this is to get rid of cancer, but secondarily is to create a sense of wholeness. So if you feel attractive and, and, and whole and powerful and great and you don't have your areola or your nipple reconstructed great Good for you if you feel incomplete then go get it done mm -hmm. the same is true if, if you don't like your nose and it bothers you fix it yes if you love your nose and you don't mind it like for example i operated on my niece it's interesting i operated on both of my nieces on their noses which is rite of passage you're persian and they're jewish so okay. it's like a oh. given right <laughs> it's a double right so right. what age can you what's like too young like how old were they um, when they they were one of them was one of them was 17 and okay. the other was 23 24. Okay. so what point i was making was the first one that i operated on and by the way, with all fairness to both of them, they're stunning, stunning young girls. Either way. Both their noses were terrible. Oh. So. The, <laughs> the, no, you're going the other route. No, no, I'm not going the other route. Gorgeous because, with the other schnoz no, but, or not. No, listen, listen. Yeah. Let's there's, be real. There's, there's factual 
Yeah. It's factual. Like yeah. you're wearing a black sweater. People right. right nowadays are so sensitive about all this. Oh, yeah. Everybody is, oh, I feel uncomfortable. You, 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 you make, you know, that was inappropriate. Bottom line is that she's a beautiful girl. Her beauty is not determined by her face, but right. factually, aesthetically, she's 5'3". Her nose is bad. She has beautiful, long black hair. Like these are just things that we just know. Yeah, yeah. Whether now she feels awesome with her nose or not, that's a, a wholly different story. So nevertheless, yeah. my niece that I did first, she always hated her nose. She's a girly girl. She was the middle child and she, you know, loves, she's like my mom. She's like her grandmother, loves heels and makeup and all that stuff. <laughs> I love it. So she's been begging and begging to since have her nose little? since she was little. Okay. So I kind of kept pushing her and pushing her Hey, No, why don't you do this? Why don't you go to, anyway, she eventually went to college and sure enough, it was time. And we did her nose and she was, she was the what? 20, she was the 17, 17 year, old. year old. Okay. And she was ecstatic. Okay, great. The, older one was very academic, was very by, you know, she went to Berkeley. She's a venture capitalist. Wow. She's the one that like goes to Uganda and saves, Ooh. you know, orphans. She's that one. Wow. Right. And so she doesn't, she never really cared much about the aesthetics. Sure. You know, she was, she was, and then she went surfing with her boyfriend, like, I don't know, seven, eight months ago, smacked her nose with <gasps> a surfboard. Ooh. Everything was fine. But then she started perseverating about her nose and she'd look in the mirror and you know, she's like, I think it's crooked now. And I'm like, no, it's not crooked. It was, it's always looked this way. And I think what happened is that she realized that she didn't like it. Yeah. Oh. And the thing what I like is if you don't like it and whenever that happens to you in life, fix Do it. Do something about it. Mm -hmm. Fix it. If you can. If, yeah. you're, if you are in the, have the ability to fix it, which to be honest with you today, it's a, it's, it's pretty accessible. You know, it isn't this yeah. thing like of like 25 years ago, oh. it was like, oh, it was only for Hollywood, Hollywood celebs. Hollywood, you're so right. You think I about would, Beverly Hills. No, and no, you're I, would, so right. I would say that probably 80% of my patient population are what we would call the garden variety, ordinary folk. Yeah. People that work uh, jobs and they, mm -hmm. they, you know, they, they work hard and they, they save um, their money, save for, their money. Yeah. They're usually two income homes. They're not people that you are like, Oh, of course she she's got her TV nose done. She had her TV, her agent, yeah. this, that. No, no. So are you, do you have a lot of people that fly in for it? They see you, your website and they're yeah. like, okay, I like his work. And so my practice is special that way. in that probably about a third of my practice is out of state and out of country. Oh. which has benefits and some disadvantages. As yeah. a physician, you'd love it because they come and they leave and you just don't deal with them. Yeah. I hate it because they come and they leave and then you can't take care of them. Right. Follow-ups. Right. Follow-ups. It becomes cumbersome, whatever. But um, for me, um, that's turned out to be a big part of my practice because what happens is if you're just doing superficial homework, oh God, I think I want my nose done. Oh, I think I want a mini facelift. Oh, I think I want a breast dog. Fine. You go online, you go to Instagram, you go to whatever. Right. And there are, I don't know, 5,000 people who can do it. And they all have semi good websites and they all look reasonably well trained and they all have some connection to some B lister celeb or some Instagram influencer. And so then you're like, God, I don't, I, they all seem okay, but it's really the people who go the next layer down and start to really do homework. What's the next layer? Yeah. So, so the superficial layer is all the marketing stuff. It's the stuff you're being fed. Like, oh, here are his reviews. Right. That, those are the reviews being fed to you. Oh, right. here's, um, for example, oh, these are, I don't know, um, these are the, the marketing ploys. But when you go deeper, first of all, most people 
don't read the filtered reviews. Most people don't ever figure out what kind of training you had. So the, one of the biggest deceiving elements of cosmetic or aesthetic surgery today is as follows. So every time I go through this, people are like, come on, no way, really? So you would say, okay, I want to get a nose job. So I'm going to go to a plastic surgeon. I want to get a hysterectomy. I go to an OBGYN. Right, of course. I broke my femur. I see an orthopedist. Right. But nowadays, it's not so simple. If you want to get your nose done, you can go to a plastic surgeon, a facial plastic surgeon, a cosmetic surgeon. Oh. So now I'm confused. Right. So what right. happens is back in the day, you would, you would go, you'd finish your training, and then you go and get your subspecialization in plastic surgery. That would give you the skills to do cosmetic surgery from head to toe. Ooh. Years go by oh. and, the insur and, and reimbursements start to get shitty yeah. and competition's terrible and Medicare doesn't pay. And you are a, a well-trained general surgeon doing gallbladders and hernias. Wow. And you're in an operating room and down the hall is your friend who's a plastic surgeon. And you take out a gallbladder and they pay you 50 bucks. He take he does a rhinoplasty and they pay him 5,000 bucks. And you're thinking to yourself, huh, what the hell? Something yeah. doesn't add up here. So a group of them got together years ago and they created a world called the cosmetic they're cosmetic surgeons. So their training is not through plastic surgery but rather their own thing that they created oh. and they they are cosmetic surgeons so you can be a cosmetic surgeon and be an er doctor an orthopedist what? an ent i didn't an ob nobody does that's scary well that's just the way it is and so what happens so is you have to go to a plastic surgeon if you want the so, artistry and you want well the I, I mean i'm gonna get in trouble for it because you know you go you have to go you have to know who you're going to Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. If you, go, if you go online mm -hmm. and you do your homework and you identify someone, you love their work, and they end up being a dentist, listen here, oh. and you love their work, all the power to you. Just know that they were trained through dentistry. My concern isn't as much that people that aren't as well trained are doing it. My concern is that people who are getting it done don't know that that's their training. Yeah. The way I always say it is I love transparency. So if yes. you're an OBGYN and you have just somehow magically learned how to do tummy tucks and you're amazing, great. Just tell everybody you were an OBGYN who's now doing tummy tucks. So the, they call it the alphabet soup. So plastic surgery, because it's financially, it's more lucrative than the today's tr traditional medical route has drawn in a lot of sort of riffraff, if you will, mm -hmm. and people that were what we call fringe or border type aesthetic doctors. And so you're getting surgeons that are all kinds of trained, but they all fall under the auspice of cosmetic surgeon. And then they'll say they're board certified. And then you'll, you'll naturally would think, oh, okay, wow, right. this guy's board certified. Yeah. But then if you dig, they're board certified in OBGYN wow. or board certified in orthopedics. So they're not lying, but it's not. A, right. They're a little misleading. My, my question to you is when you learn plastic surgery, because you see that, oh, so-and-so is a great nose doctor. Go to him for breasts. This guy's great for tummy tucks or the mommy, whatever Specialty, the hell it is. Specialty, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you learn plastic surgery, I love that you applied it to art and you compared it to architecture because it is. Um, did you have to learn from head to toe or is it, did you specialize in face, nose, uh, breasts? So the How do you break it down? So the, so the training in plastic surgery is incredibly broad. One sixth of it is plastic surgery, the way you think about it, which is cosmetics. One sixth of it is breast cancer reconstruction. One sixth of it is burn surgery. One sixth of it Ooh. is hand surgery. One sixth of it is craniofacial. And one sixth of it is microsurgery. 
All that is in our training, hence why it's six years of training after medical school. That being said, once you decide that, oh, you know what? I really love aesthetics, which is what I decided. I liked art and whatnot and photography, and I wanted to do cosmetics. Then you have a choice, and the choice is, God, I just want to really focus on breasts or noses or whatever. And you know what? If that's what you want to do, great. I would take a gun and shoot my shoot kill myself <laughs> if every day, every, like you with all the same this thing? training, yeah. I've trained for 20 years, yeah. and all I do now are write <laughs> earlobes. <laughs> but I am the world's greatest Best, yeah. write earlobe <laughs> surgeon. You know what I mean? They come yeah, from course, everywhere. No, so the so I already feel like plastic cosmetic surgery is enough of a subspecialty. Yeah. The variety of doing a nose in the morning, then a breast and a wow. facelift you, that, keeps, me, that. keeps me mm. keeps me sharp, yeah. keeps me entertained, keeps me interested. And I personally couldn't do just breasts every day yeah. because it, what a waste for yeah. me. But listen, everybody does tailors their their yeah. their lives and their businesses and their things to whatever suits their personalities. How much better is plastic surgery now than it was, say, 25 years ago? Because, you know, they used to say the windswept look. Oh, she looks pulled. <laughs> Remember the Beverly Hills? She looks pulled, the Orange County lady. You know, when I was growing yeah. up in Canada, yeah, you could, they would say, oh, yeah, that lady, well, she's had plastic surgery. I don't feel that's the case anymore. I have my dearest friends. Some of them have had stuff done. And I'm just like, you look fucking great. And they're like, mm-hmm. well, you know, about eight months ago, I went and had, I'm like, what? You look the same, but better. Like that is the, that's sort of the Mecca, right? Like that's just what. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that it's interesting in one way, plastic surgery is absolutely no better. Uh, we, huh. Whatever we're doing very little today that we weren't doing 50 years ago. We're just mm. maybe doing it a little better. There hasn't been tremendous innovation. Well, what like, about like, here's what you look like before. Now look on the computer. We've digitalized yeah, your but face. That, but that a- doesn't do anything because I don't even do digital morph okay. because all that is is marketing. Uh. We're, we're really good at marketing. We're not so good necessarily surgically. The only difference is what's changed over 50 years is the techniques. Maybe they're about 10% better. The surgeons are maybe... 30% better. The wow. education is 100% better. Ooh. So whereas before they were inventing it as they went along, now as a, someone who's training, you have the benefit of 50 years of, oh, don't do that and do this. Right. Whether you execute it correctly or not comes down to, are you a great basketball player or are you an average basketball player? It's the same coach and the same game. Michael Jordan is inherently talented and somebody else is not. So the pie Mm. is made up of training, skill, and like, and just innate know-how. Do you think some people, I know a husband and wife famous and they, they've talked about who they're, I could say they're surgeon and who they are, but it's a husband and wife team and they both went in for facelifts at the same time. And uh, she looked amazing and he looked done. Now, do you find that men, like I know some actors that did it and I was like, "Mm, they just look different. Whereas women seem to be able to, I don't know if it's the the structure of the muscles, I don't know. Do you find that or no? It's all the same, men and women. The the difference is this. Uh, Absolutely. It has nothing to do with the surgery. It has to do with the, the, the expectation on the visual eye. Women are icons of beauty. You know, whether that's appropriate or that's, right. or that's sexist, you look at women for Absolutely. their beauty. So, so perfect example, if men are looked more for their charm and charisma, mm-hmm. kind of like if you look at a man for pure attractive reasons, wrinkles, 
He looks, he looks charming yeah. sometimes. Yeah, some of them yeah. get better. Yeah. Salt and yeah. pepper. For sure. Women, right. women, oh, look how young and beautiful, beautiful. she looked. Yeah. So when you take a woman and you rejuvenate her and you make her look younger, you tend to make her look, quote unquote, better. better. When you rejuvenate a guy and then you end up feminizing him. Yes. Perfect example. Oh. You, you take off too yep. much skin from their eyelid. That looks feminine. You do their nose, it looks a little too scooped. Mm -hmm. You do their you 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 do their eyebrows, they're slightly elevated. So what happens is your margin for improvement in a man is small. Yeah. Your margin for Makes improvement sense. for a woman is high. So perfect example is an overly done nose in a woman is still acceptable. You're she, so right. I have she, a friend who had six she, nose jobs. She, I didn't know. She 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 may not she may look done. Yeah. Wow, look, she looks like a Barbie, but she can still be attractive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just a shame that her nose is so done. Right. An overdone nose in a man, it's game over. There's just no going back. 100%. It's just over. Yes, I've noticed this so much. And you've been practicing here in Los Angeles for... 16 years. 16 ah. years. Now, were you born in uh, Iran? I was. I was <gasps> born in Tehran. Oh, like Shadi? In the, mid in the middle oh. of the axis of evil. Oh, so oh, was she wow. my girlfriend, yeah. And then, uh, and then we're Jewish, so we left in 1978 with the uh, Islamic Revolution. As Ayatollah did, Khomeini. You got it. And then we came to L.A., and then I've lived in L.A. my whole life. I've been here 40, I'm turning 47 tomorrow, so I've been here wow, for- Wow, you look great. Wow, thank you. Had any work done? Just kidding. Yeah, uh, I know a great plastic surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing to me when you, my girlfriend is is beautiful, and her name is uh, Shadin, yeah. and she came from uh, Tehran, and, and she came during the re revolution as well. Yeah. So one day, you're just living your life, and life is like la-di-da, wow. and the next day, boom, they take over, and you're like, what the hell? And then, uh, so she ended up back here as well. She says in her Persian communities, women love to look great, which they do. By the way, I've been to some of those Persian parties. And man, if you don't get your heels and your makeup on, there's no excuse. Like they wear that to Gelson's. So they're all very, they're very much into it. She worked for a plastic surgeon for a long time. So she's the one who kind of turned me on to little things here and there. And I was working in Hollywood. I had no idea the things that could be so subtle. So like what injectables are, and fillers? What, what are you? Yeah. So uh, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you about. Does a plastic surgeon make a good injectable person or is that for a dermatologist? So let's make the no, distinction. No, I mean, listen, you're, I'm biased. I'm a plastic okay. surgeon. I don't think there's anyone better trained than a plastic surgeon to do anything aesthetic. And let me tell oh. you why. The reason being is in order to do anything well, you need to know Muscle. Your anatomy. And bone. Right. Where's yeah. the nerve? Where's the muscle? Where's whatever? So that's component number one. The thing about injectables that makes me batty, I do all my own injectables and I operate almost four days a week. So I don't have a nurse injector, which is quite uncommon because I really don't like to farm off anything in my practice to anybody you else. You like to do it yourself. I either rather not do it and oh. see 190th the number of people. Right. But today injectables has become this basic commodity. I got my nails done. Uh -huh. I colored my roots. I went to my injector and here I am. <laughs> And so, the same salon. It's so true. And so the problem is the accessibility of it is high. The ease in which you do it is high. The results are poor. Mm. And if you look at the overwhelming majority of people who are getting Botox and filler, they tend to look not so great. They may look a little better. It's arguable. Our aesthetics have changed. So sort of what we've accepted as like, yeah. well... She looks good, I guess. It's because, like, compared to now, the new level of lip size, she looks good compared You're to that. You're so right. When I go on Instagram and I see the size, what's acceptable now of lips, I'm like, 
dang, like it, times have a changed. And my daughter's a great example. She's 13. She's like, that looks normal to me. I'm like, yeah. So so, I, so the thing is, so we have now this accessibility factor, which we never had before. Right. Great. I don't have to go make a big deal out of it, but I don't necessarily know that you can just farm this out to everybody. But from a financial standpoint, the companies want this in the hands of as many people as possible. And there's no real requirement or training. And you just assume that you go to a nice spa, the girls are nurse or a PA or right. dermatologist, or for God's sakes, they're an ER or pediatrician or whatever. And they inject you and it's <laughs> like, fine because it's reversible or it's temporary. Uh, but in my opinion, the, there's a lot of less than ideal people walking around yeah. with the products. So yes, I think that it should be done by people that are... That know structure that of know, bones and yeah, muscles I mean, and how they... And I also have a lot of other things that I think. I think when you come to my office, I look at fillers and Botox as a lost leader. So I'm not financially biased in that, like, if you put in a syringe or 10 syringes, it doesn't make a difference to me. Whereas when you go to your nurse injector, they're incentivized. Yes. Like if you get a syringe or two syringes, they just double their income and you're looking to them for guidance. So it's not on, it shouldn't shock anyone that people look a little overfilled. Wow. People are a little frozen. Yeah. And they always look a little better when the stuff starts wearing off. Yes. Well, so then you're asking the person injecting you who's, bank account is linked to your face as to their aesthetic judgment. So at any rate, I'm old school in that regard, but you know, to each their own. This is so interesting. The backstory, because honest to God, mm. I, I didn't know the difference between cosmetic surgery, a surgeon and plastic surgeon. Mm -hmm. You, you know, this is very informative. And is this why you started your podcast as well? 100%. So, you know, I've been practiced now, as I said, 16 years. And over the course of this 16 years, my practice went from a normal garden variety plastic surgery practice to a 50% revisional based practice. Oh. So half of what I do are people from around the world who've had nose jobs and breast augs and tummy tucks and terrible lipo and whatnot. And this is where I'm getting at. So when you've had a terrible surgery, you then start doing homework. You dig uh, now, past the first uh, layer of, wow, second. his Instagram looks really good. Got and it. my girlfriend went there, done. Yeah. So that's it? That's all you're doing? Well, did you look at the California Medical Board? Do you know where he actually, do you know where this school is? Mm -hmm. Have you bothered to read not 12 reviews, but 200 reviews? Have you gone past the third photo in their gallery? Do you know if these are Photoshopped? Da, da, wow. da, 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 da. And so when you get screwed, burned, when you've had a bad outcome, when you've been divorced, you're going to date with a different set of eyes. Yeah. And so as a result, the patients who are coming to me are people who have really spent, I mean, hundreds of man hours researching, researching and trying to sort things out because they so had a bad outcome. You're like a fix it guy? Like that's kind yeah, of, I mean, I mean, that's, it's, I mean, I wish I weren't. Yeah. I wish I weren't for a number of reasons. One, I wish that wasn't the case for people. Sure. Two, I wish that I, it's not, I'd rather be doing primary cases. Yeah. God, which is easier, do a two hour breast dog or, or do a three and a half hour train wreck. Right. You know, at the end of the day, my results are gonna be linked to what I had to start with. But at any rate, that's sort of how my practice became. So doing that day in and day out and day in and day out, like seeing young girls come in, young young men, older, whatever, you get kind of crazy after a while. Yeah. And you want to go to a rooftop and be like, no, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, for don't sure. Don't put in the 675 cc implant. You're five foot two. <laughs> You'll topple over. You know, like, oh my like, God. like, like the 30 
third eyelid surgery, not a good idea. <laughs> now, what's the point where you can actually <sighs> say, because some people, if you don't do it, you know they're going to go get it done I, because I, in their mind they need it. That's true, but I don't necessarily agree to that. If you give people, you, you hear them, Mm-hmm. You give them the, the, you receive them, and then you straight shoot it. I'm a straight shooter. Mm-hmm. I don't BS, I don't sugarcoat it. I'm direct and I tell you the truth. And I have seldom had a patient walk in. And for example, last week I had a bunch of people that come in for, I do a lot of moms, mommy makeovers. And two of them I remember because I had them back to back. And they were both 50 pounds overweight right? You just, they just reached their end of the rope. They've had a bunch of kids. They're trying. It's COVID. I'm over it. I look online. I see your work. I'm ready. And I'm like, no, no, you're not ready. You've got to lose the weight on your own first. I'm not a magician. Yeah. You're not going to look like anyone on my gallery. You need to go lose 50 pounds. You're not going to look great. You're going to look worse, but then I can fix you. Then you you can fix the extra skin. So when I tell them that, but I tell them with, with, with that sort of gentle Mm -hmm. parental guidance they actually get inspired to do the right thing. Oh. So I prevent them when they get, if I get to them before they do something, I can gently walk them off the ledge Got and it. redirect them. The problem is I don't get to them. So that's why I started the podcast. The podcast is my megaphone to get as much real information. I mean, listen, most of the doctors out there, let's be honest, you watch them, you listen to them. They're very self-indulgent. They're very self-promoting. Look at me, look at me. And that's fine, but that doesn't help the person you're talking to right. or listening to, because I don't, nobody, you know, nobody really cares. No one cares that so-and-so did her breast dog and she loves it. What people want to know is, okay, well, how the hell do I avoid my friend's like botched, botched boob, job. boob job? Yeah. How yeah. do I make sure my nose doesn't collapse and start looking Ooh. bizarre and I can't breathe? How yeah. do I make sure that my facelift, I don't get paralyzed while I'm, you know, yeah. so, so wow. to me, I enter it from that angle and I have always done so. And now I have this Plastic Surgery Uncensored podcast, which we've been doing for two years now. And oh, wow, it's my baby. And that's it's, great. It's my, it's my, you know, everybody finds their thing. And that's where I, that's where I feel the most valuable. Right. I can because make by a the difference. time they come to you, usually they've researched so they know what they want and you know what you're, you're capable of doing. I have a question about this mommy makeover because I know someone who did it, but I mm-hmm. still don't understand what she did. She looks great, but I'm like, what the hell is a mommy makeover? Like mommy makeover is a term used to market a constellation of procedures that a woman does to reverse the effects of having children. So let me go back. You have one, two, three kids. You gain 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds multiple times. And as a result, even if you're in amazing shape, you have a Pilates instructor, you, you're keto, you've vegan, you have a chef, somehow your breasts are still down by your ankles <laughs> and your belly's all stretched out and you've got a big bulge. Doesn't matter how much you weigh. And you look in the mirror and you're like, there's, I don't know what to do anymore. There's, this is not a diet thing. This is not an exercise thing. This is all, I was, Life-changing in, I was in great thing. shape yeah. and this is what happened. And I breastfed three kids for yeah. a total of six years. So a mommy makeover is reversing or rejuvenating those elements. So it all often involves a breast lift or a breast reduction, often involves some volume adding in an augmentation So you get a breast lift with an implant, usually. Mm -hmm. It involves some kind of body contouring, usually a tummy tuck. 
some okay. selective liposuction, which is way overdone, way wow. overdone, a little bit maybe in the love handles. And for example, I did one last week and we did a labioplasty because prior to having three vaginal children, yeah. her labia looked normal. And now when she's intimate or wearing a bathing suit. So you suit, do all that too? All of that. Holy mackerel, that's amazing. So that's a mommy makeover. A labioplasty is when they just kind of make everything flush, right? Correct. Like, so there's, so no, there's yeah. the outer labia, which are the right. main labia. There's the inner labia, which are the, the part with the stretchy skin. And then there's the vaginal vault. I don't do anything in there wow, tightening what's, this. What's that. stored in there? Oh, I know somebody who had that tightened. Right. And you, and go, she, to, you go to your you yeah. go to your OB to do that. Yeah, she did. But but the I outside. I was like, that's a lot of work. Like, is he going to feel any different? So I don't know. So the outside, as you said, to make it flush and whatnot, yeah. that's what we do. So that's a mommy makeover. Okay. Wow. And what would be the recovery time for that? I mean, you have your, yeah, from your lips to your lips done. That's got to be Right? I mean, correct, essentially. Correct. Yeah. Um, I would say almost all the recoveries are the same. So really? Let, yeah, let me break it up for you. So there's the first one to two weeks is your immediate recovery. So if you have a breast dog, it's one week. If you have a tummy tuck, it's two weeks. If you have all of them together, it's still two weeks. So oh. I would say you can go back to your job a desk job in one to two weeks. Great. Wow. You can go back to exercising at six weeks. Oh. Great. You will feel awesome in three months. Amazing. So, so when you divide it, whatever you do, facelift, rhinoplasty, upper eyelids, same thing. One week, one dash, two weeks, six weeks, three months. That's the frame for all of these things. Do you ever get to work and then you see your schedule you're like, oh, yes, it's this today or that? Like, do you get excited about certain procedures and having them be the first one? You're not correcting anybody else's work. Like, I, you, you get to be yeah. the, you know? <laughs> and it, it, there's two parts to my life, right? There's the clinic, mm -hmm. seeing patients, and there's the operating. Ah. They couldn't be any different. Okay. Seeing patients, I see patients, I'm in clinic, I'm seeing the follow-ups, the pre-ops, the new consults, the injectables, all that I do in a given day. And operating is Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm actually just, I go to the operating room and I do the cases. Okay. So on the clinic side, I love to see my follow-ups. Whereas Ooh. many of my colleagues cringe when they get their follow-ups because really? that means that people come and they're complaining oh, and yeah, they're unhappy. Right. I feel blessed that I feel like my patients come. Yesterday was a really great day. We got three patients brought a ton of goodies for us chocolate oh, oh that's sugar so cool. fina homemade biscuits because they're happy because they're happy nice. so if i didn't have that and all i had was the operating i would not be able to do this got it because the operating for me is stressful as shit yeah i can't even imagine so, how long is it let's say uh well you did two this morning so yeah, what time so, did you start yeah. 5 a.m to be here Whoa. for you guys. <gasps> oh well, my gosh. You. you guys only do <gasps> this in the afternoon, in the early afternoon. So Dang. I got up at the crack of dawn. But that's okay because Wait, I love so you guys. What, what time was your, the, the actual person on the table? Like 6 a.m. <gasps> And then how long did, did you that tell take? that person? Sorry. Sorry, Jillian. You had to start I was like, I yeah. have to go somewhere really important. <laughs> oh, God. More important than your boobs. No, no. I gave her the exact oh, amount wow. of attention. If it were yeah. two in the afternoon, two in the morning, how it don't make it. How long is that? Like if it's, a, if it's a lumpectomy with radiation or something, uh, that's different than a double mastectomy. But it takes, I think lumpectomies are tougher because Deborah Tate had a lumpectomy. So they're taking out cancer. But then you're left with like divots. Mine, I said chop them off. And the other thing I want to say to you, when I 
had the cancer, um, you know, diagnosis. I was like, chop them off. I don't even care about reconstruction. Fuck it. Don't care. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. You will care. And I was like, no, no, I don't give a fuck. I've got two young kids. Just get the cancer out of me and sew me up. And they begged me. They were like, Jillian, think about this. And I honestly, when they were wheeling me in to take the cancer out of my lymph nodes, my breasts, the reconstructive surgeon came in. She's like, hi, remember me? I still don't know what size you want. You're like the only person in Hollywood who's been on TV who never got back to me. She's like, most people show pictures and they want this and that. I was like, oh, I forgot. I'm like, I don't know. Just like, look at some of the ads I did in bikini. Make them look like that. And she's like, okay. So I did the reconstruction. I'm very, I'm happy and everything. But I wonder how many women opt to not go the reconstructive route. Do you think there are a small... Oh. It is very small. small. Okay. And it's not in, 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 in you know there you know we've we now in society look at breasts as a sexual right. but it's still a part of your being. If you just look at women and men, one of the key distinguishing or one of the key elements of womanhood or femininity or f- being breasts. a female are breasts. And hair and you lose it during chemo. It's like right. thanks a fucking lot. But when- So but so I would say the very few people opt out. Okay. The thing about it is you as a as a, you hope that you're surrounded by people yeah. who are there to give you guidance because yeah. you get a diagnosis. You're like, wow, I got kids. I got cancer. I'm scared. I'm scared. I just want this thing out. And then someone comes in and says, so um, what about making your breasts pretty? You're like, what? Are you crazy? Yes. Like, I don't care. And yes. your reaction is very normal, but it is the job of everybody else to say, wait, 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 there will be a day yeah. where none of you won't be scared anymore. Yeah. You won't. And one day you'll want to, put on a bathing suit or a dress. Yeah. Well, I don't care. I, my husband loves You're me so right. or I'm divorced and I don't give a shit. And then there <laughs> will be a day, there will be a day where this too shall pass. And then your bridge you, you, it, with reconstruction in particular, the window of opportunity becomes smaller. And yes. so you kind of like, you lose kind of a window. It's not like, well, I'll deal with it later. No, no, now's the right time. So you, that's why we have teams therapists yes. and psychologists and yeah. loved ones and whatever. But surgery, your, to answer your question, surgeries take different amount of time depending on the surgeon. Like, you know, one of the things that I pride myself on that my surgeries take a long time, which is interesting because surgeons make a big deal out of how quick they can do things, which Yikes. That's to me is kind of a me. stupid concept. As a, yeah, as a patient, I don't because, hear that. Because like, I don't know, if I brought you two different souffles, mm-hmm. I said, this one here I made in the microwave. It was done in three minutes and this one here took 40 minutes i don't think you really need to try them to figure out which is going to taste better so on my surgeries take on average between three and seven hours really Mm -hmm. what's the longest surgery is is a mommy makeover mommy makeover is up there it probably takes me about it can take up to eight hours wow a body lift so i also do a lot of individuals who've lost 100 pounds oh and they have the excess they have excess skin. skin oh my god so like a circumferential body lift which is a tummy tuck in the front and a tummy tuck in the back essentially all the way around Whoa. that'll take me seven hours Whoa, I am learning so much. I mean, what's, Liz. Be, what's, I mean, during COVID, and you did two surgeries this morning, what is popular during COVID right now? Is it everything? What, right now, yeah, is the busiest I, I imagine I have ever oh been gosh. in yeah. my entire career. I'm not really? surprised. So let me tell you how this works out. So I obviously sat, I've, I've, thought, I've thought about it because it's my career and I'm sitting here. So when COVID started, everybody was in utter chaos. Mm-hmm. Everything shut down, myself included. Six weeks, close the practice. Never that happened to me in my entire career. Wow. Office staff sitting there twiddling their thumbs. 
Fast forward and we all have an idea. Now we know what, we, not that COVID's gone away, not that COVID isn't deadly, but we, the, the fear of COVID and the lack of knowing about COVID has improved tremendously. So the way it works is in order to do plastic surgery, you need a couple of things. You need number one and most importantly, time to recover. COVID has created a unique environment where you can work from home by via Zoom and right. or computer and get paid for being home. So let's say you're a mom and you want to have a mommy makeover and you are an accountant. You would normally have to take two weeks off from your work and go home and convalesce. Now you are at home convalescing. Your brain is not not working. Right. You can get on a computer and type away and Zoom in 48 hours after whatever surgery you want. You can wow. have a brain transplant. So you're home and now you are recovering and getting paid. Number two, you can't go anywhere. And guess what? You have nowhere to go. Yeah. Three, yeah, no, it's perfect. You your kids can't go anywhere. You can't take them to school, pick them up. You can't take them to karate. Well, guess what? There is no school and there is no karate. Right. Next, you need money. Well, guess what? You haven't done shit for a year. <laughs> yes. You haven't gone on a vacation. Plans, yeah. yeah. You haven't bought... You haven't gone to restaurants. Right. You haven't bought new clothes. So you saved a lot so of money. So you saved you a lot of money. For, yeah. So when you, you, food gets delivered to your house, you, you wear a mask for God's sakes. So anything you do below your eyes, a big part of my practice is rhinoplasty. No one would have a clue. Hmm. So wow. it couldn't oh, yeah. be a better time. For that, for now, we your business. We and then you got a quarantine you're already quarantined. You're yeah. home. So it has been insane. Wow. What do you think is, so nose jobs are still big. Breast implants. Everything. Is, so, I, I, everything. everything. There's no, yeah. you know, people yeah. are like, so what's popular right. now? <laughs> well, what do you need? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're 55, a neck lift, eyelids and brows and, and volume is popular. If you're 17, a nose job and chinog is popular. If you're 12, ear pinning is popular. If you are 70, a face, full facelift is popular. If you're 43, you do a mommy makeover. Wow, okay. Every Makes generation sense. has something that's going on. Yeah. And, you know, if you are able and capable and you are, you know, in a, in a good place, I can tell you 3,000 moving stories of people who have undergone transformative surgeries and are better for it. Yeah, it's change, oh, life-changing and like, ha happiness. Oh, my daughter wouldn't even let anyone see her face. Now she's the head of band camp. Oh. oh, I was divorced and I hadn't been on a date and now I'm dating some guy. Oh, yeah. my husband and I haven't had sex with the lights on yeah. in probably 10 years. I let him, you know, grab my abdomen for the first That's time. That's so oh, great. I mean, I can tell you 50,000 of these. Is it really uh, fulfilling for you in the sense that when you get to have that interaction with a patient and see the results and have the after of them coming to you saying, I get to do all these things it's got to feel it's amazing ama right like really otherwise, good otherwise i would do something else yeah it's very very heavy on me i as I a person bet. i'm i'm one of those take it serious kind of people so physically i'm standing for 10 hours i'm getting calls yeah. it's impacted my life my yeah. personal life but the rewards you know sure nobody like 
there's very few jobs that get to do what I get to do. You know, your lawyer, your accountant, your dentist, your, there's no one that gets that kind of connection. And so for me, I What's feel so personal. Yeah, I feel really, I feel People really are blessed. People really vulnerable in front of you when they're, mm -hmm. you're doing those before pictures, surgery, you know, they're sitting there showing you their breasts or their cellulite or whatever. Well, they're coming in it's, and say, have to tell you what they don't like about themselves. It's, it's, it's actually interesting. Yeah. Like they're a shrink too. Well, yeah. you, 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 in order to do the job correctly and both help them and help yourself, you got to spend time digging. I mean, there have been many times where I've seen a patient, I get the sense I'm good with the patients and I get the sense something's off mm. and I'll keep scratching at the scab and then poof, they'll start bawling in yeah. a consult. Yep. And then you dig some more and you find out that yeah. they recently had a divorce or their boyfriend was cheating on them. And of sure. course, that is the worst time to do to anything? be operating on mm, them it's yeah. called revenge surgery or oh. you know so hmm. you know you spend some time you hold them and you tell them hey come back go sort this out it's not the right time to do it and i had a i had a young girl she was like 20 pounds underweight she was so meek and frail and she had had this terrible breakup and then i operated on her two years later and she was like totally normal gained all her weight back yeah and she came to me she's like god bless you I was in nice. such a shitty place. Yeah. I, a lot of your job is psychological in the sense that, um, you know, when we see shows, and I'm assuming this is why you do your podcast, when you see those shows that are sensationalized, like Botched, which, you know, you'll watch like a train wreck, right? Mm -hmm. It's like it's reality It kills TV. me, by the way. I'm sure. It makes me like cringe. It makes people that, it makes me as a viewer cringe. Like I literally see some of the, and you know, they offered, because I know both doctors, but they offered to do it for basically free to do the tattooing, not them, but they would send me out. And I'm like, mm. fuck that. Like I would never go on that show um, because I wasn't botched. I had cancer. It's a whole different, like I didn't elect to, my breasts were natural back then. And I didn't elect to put implants in. I, I did because I, you know, reconstruction wise, but that, those kinds of things scare the average woman away. And I think your podcast opens up doors that maybe we didn't really realize were there before because I'm pretty in tune. I've been on TV for 30 years here. I know what's available, what's cheap, what's mm -hmm. expensive, what women are doing nowadays pretty much. But I didn't even know a lot of this stuff. So that's really informative. And if people want to come to you, what's your website? My website is my name, which is rottyraban.com. So it's I spell it R-A-D-Y-R-A-H-B-A-N. You look like a young... Andy Garcia. I said that earlier. You my, just stole that no, from me. No, you did not say I said that off the air. He's like, I go, how do you want me to introduce you? And then he's like, oh, you know, young and fabulous. So I go, a young Andy Garcia. You know what, Liz? I didn't hear you. Sorry. I you, Fine, you I'll give you did full you hear credit. me say it? I think you both said it equally. Thank you. And my wife will appreciate it. She actually married me because her- You look like Andy Garcia. Her, her, her two on-screen love crushes were Al Pacino and, and Andy, Andy Garcia. Garcia. So, you could be their love child. Well, definitely Andy, <laughs> Al, maybe before the facelift. Oh yeah, my so, God, well, Godfather. You know, before, before, you know, before Scar, the Scarface. Scar. Scarface, that's like the greatest movie ever. So my website is uh, my name <laughs> and my um, Instagram is Dr. Roddy Raban and the podcast Podcast, which is we have 80 episodes oh that's wonderful and so wow. we talk from fat transfer and people dying in miami to <gasps> botox and filler to breast implant illness to you name it 
You know, you talked, talked about, about Miami. I used to live in Miami, and it, I used to think it was the plastic surgery capital, but I hear Brazil is. I don't know if that's well, still true. In terms of capital, in terms of volume, it's Bra- it's Brazil. But yeah. in terms in terms of volume of shitty, yes, <laughs> Miami is oh. up there. Well, Miami, the if you've ever seen, there was a show, and the woman got injected, but the fucking doctor was a, some, you know, out of her trunk, used, like, cement. gas, yeah. cement. Yeah, that's and it. Her, and her whole face went, like, like, it was... So, so before I digress, because whoever's listening yeah. is going to be like, these people are all ADD. It's plastic surgery on sensor. I was like a millisecond from saying the name of it. And then we digress. I, I and someone's ADD. listening there with a pen and paper like, like what, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yes, say it again, please. Plastic <laughs> surgery uncensored. Perfect. So it's David Horowitz meets oh. uh, David Horowitz meets, meets Geraldo meets Howard Stern of oh, podcast. I love it. I love so it. it's a very sort of no bullshit Direct, I have um, experts, I have celebrities, I have patients. Oh, nice. We have comedians. We have all kinds of people on so we can make the learning of plastic surgery Mm. entertaining and educational without having to bullshit and sugarcoat it because we're trying to sell you some malarkey. Mm. Yeah. No, I like the aspect of when a woman comes in and she's 50 pounds overweight, you're not just going to chop her up so that she sees things are gone, but she looks like shit naked. You're like, no. Diet and exercise, and then come back if it doesn't, you know. No, the, no, yeah, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, from a selfish standpoint, if I want an amazing batting average, mm-hmm. I'm a batter, mm-hmm. and I want an amazing batting average, then the answer is be selective at the pitches that I swing at. Mm. If I swing at every damn pitch, then my batting average will suck. Hmm. And I'm all about excellence. And so anything I put out there, any amount of work, I want it to be amazing. So if you come to me and you're less than ideal, either by sheer chance of genetics or by happenstance of your diet or exercise, you're gonna be honest I want it. you to be, I'm going to be honest with you and I want you to be optimized because mm-hmm. if you're a curveball and I'm swinging and I get to first base, we both fail. Yeah. Then you will be unhappy. Then you'll come to my office and then you'll write nasty things. And why do we want that? That's right. So we want you to be happy. And it's my job to tell you. Well, I've learned a lot today, Liz. I don't know about you. I learned it's a very good time to get plastic surgery during COVID. Yep. Let's say somebody who's listening wants to get something done. They're unsure, but they want to definitely use and optimize the COVID time. You'll spend a few hours, which is a lot, with them. And then how much time does it take for them to actually get their procedure done? Is it like a few weeks? Is it a you're month busy away? Right now, right now yeah. we're several months. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So we're seeing patients. Good for you. We're seeing patients in June. And then after your consult, we're seeing patients two to three months. I have people that come in and, you know, they're like, oh my God, we, we, I, I just love you. And I've been to three consults, but I can't afford it right now. I'm like, okay. So save like say no no i have to have it now (laughs) why do you have to have it now Mm. i understand you hated your nose for 22 years yeah why don't you wait 22 and six months (laughs) like it doesn't make so my you know plastic surgery is not something it's impulsive for the most part Mm. and if you find a person in milwaukee in 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 indiana or chicago that you love and you can't afford it or the timing isn't right then wait yeah. And do it the right way, the right time, one time. Right. So, um, you know, if it's, you find that, you know, you want to come or you want to go wherever, I'm, I'm always big on assuming people go anywhere. If you listen to the podcast, it's never geared towards like, well, so when you come to see me, it's always like, if you're in Chicago and you're going to your doctor, this is what you got to ask the guy. Yeah. Like, 
This is what you got to look for on the gallery when you're looking. Well, because you're a universal podcast. That's the great part. People in Tehran can listen to yeah, you. People, we want people to do well wherever they go. They are, they, yeah. I don't want people to feel like, oh, so basically, let me get this straight. If I'm in some small town in, you know, Wisconsin, I'm screwed? Right. No, you can no. go to Chicago. Just right. These are the things you got to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is knowledge wherever you are. Oh, I'm in St. Petersburg. Okay, well, this That's is fine. what you need to know. Yeah, that's great. So that that's on the podcast that right. you do, you talk about. Again, give us the plug for Plastic the Plastic Surgery <laughs> Uncensored. My name is Dr. Roddy Raban. It is ethnic, therefore spelled ethnic. R A D Y R A H B A N. You got it. Dot com. Well, it's it. been a pleasure to have you. Your delight mine. because yes. I we love honesty. And I'm still vacillating on the nip. Like I'm like I don't know. Doctor Drew's like you need to get them. I'm like for who? You're right. I'm you 54. The, you I'm kind of like you, you do them when you want them. Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. do them because you, anybody you, else. You, wants you, them. Should, you should. I mean, you're a woman. You should have them. That's not the reason you no. do it. You do it because you know what? I was looking at myself in the mirror the other day and kind of felt weird without these things. Yeah, like a Barbie doll. Well, I always <laughs> say my my boobs served me well. They fed my kids. I did a bunch of men's magazines. And then when I got cancer, I was like, oh, thank God. I don't have to worry about that shit anymore. And it was almost like a relief. It took them away. <laughs> anyway, enough about me. Thank you so much, Dr. Roddy Rabad, for coming on our podcast today. Yes. Uh, I've learned a lot, actually. And um, wow, I just one more thing. I know you yes. guys hate when I do this. I wrap it up and then I continue. What the fuck is a vampire facial? Because uh, my friend just got one, and she's like, I can't be seen for a couple weeks. Not a vampire. But they, they put her blood, so, so, and they re- rotated right. so it. So I'm going to leave it. I'll leave you with this exit. Okay. So anything you hear on TV, on the news, podcast, you read, that sounds odd, particular, weird, too good to be true, is full of shit. <laughs> okay, that okay? does it. So science... Brain surgery, cancer surgery, all this plastic surgery is exactly like chemotherapy, which is exactly like getting a heart attack. They're all part of medicine. Mm -hmm. The only difference is we're selling you plastic surgery and therefore there needs to be a sales pitch. It needs to be packaged. It needs a bow. It needs to have a Mm -hmm. slogan. So everyone is clamoring for the same damn patients. So there is some basic fundamental things that are true and will always be true. And everything else is an iteration of that. So a vampire facelift, just think about that. What goddamn (laughs) respectful (laughs) surgeon would call that that if it were not for the fact that you're trying to create a marketing yes. wow I want that's going to sound good for the red carpet <laughs> Dracula comes in right. just before you're going to so, put so under essentially what it is is you, you you take your blood you spin yeah. it I don't do it so I don't know exactly <laughs> they put we, it back in her face and then they they inject it back into your face and now, the idea is that you're your blood has these progenitor cells, some basic cells right, to that are help for rejuvenation. And they love this shit now. <laughs> and they'd stick it everywhere and they but, stick it out of fat in your joints and yeah. PRP. And, and right, there's a, I heard about PRP yeah, yeah. So too. there's a lot of stuff. And don't get me wrong. But you know what? Sometimes, like I'll say, I have done lasers and I love the effect on the... the I'll tell you what was really great for my skin. Mm. Chemotherapy. Everyone's best like... Best thing in the world the is chemotherapy. Thing. It was so good my for my sister, skin. My sister has never... Never look so good. <laughs> Swear to God. And there's a reason for that. What is it? Chemotherapy 
gets rid of the dead cells and turn and the turnover of your cells. Oh my so God. you you you're killing all those cells. You thank you. So because you, people you, thought you, I was you, crazy. You, you and literally from- get brand new baby ass <gasps> yes. shiny skin. Yes. Thank you, because I would say to people, well, I got to tell you, my skin's never looked better. They're like, ha ha, that's, yeah, yeah. She's, she's dark. Acne goes away. Oh my gosh. Skin spots go away. What? And yes. E- and Haven't you noticed? Hello. And even this, even <laughs> even hair changes sometimes permanently. So my totally. sister had, for example, curly hair and it became flat and never <gasps> got curly again. Yeah. So mine's coming in really curly and I've never had curly hair. Yeah. So you just, it just, it resets you. Yeah. So, you know, Thank there's you a silver for lining for everything. I, Not that I, I would recommend, wait, I have to say, disclaimer, <laughs> don't run out and get chemo yes. Hi, to get a new skin. <laughs> I, want, I want really baby ass skin. That's the, that's and called I, the I, cadaver <laughs> face, uh, facial. Like, here's the good news. Your skin's going to look like a baby. Your hair's going to fall out, your brows and your lashes, but you're going to look fabulous. Your skin. All right, Dr. Roddy <laughs> Rabin, thank you again. Sure. Thank you, you are so great. And we a are delight. just a delight, as yes. we like to say. All right. uh, and, and again, maybe we'll be seeing you. Maybe Soon, who you knows? never know. We, we can't tell anybody you though. Can't yeah. tell. Well, no I one would. will know. I would tell. I don't okay. give a shit. Right. Come on, at this point, come on. Yeah, you do, do share I a lot. I share. I too much. Liz would say. Well, we've learned a lot today. We want to thank you again, and Anytime. we will listen to your podcast. Please. We're thrilled that you know someone's opened up that door to plastic surgery versus cosmetics. Shut up, Liz. Liz is like, oh, here she goes wrapping it up. She's going to ask one more question. Anyway. Like you're like my mom. My mom, whenever we're leaving a party, it's like a two and a half hour goodbye. My dad's in the car, car's on. My mom's like, okay, bye. I see you. But wait a minute. I'm like a Jewish mom then, you're saying. I'm thrilled. Right, we'll Thank you. All right. <laughs> Our guest is wrapping it up. I feel like they're looking at me like... No, they are. They look at me like that all the time. I ignore. (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much for coming. And hopefully uh, we will see you when things aren't as busy. Because if I need a consult, let me tell you. We'll do it right here. We'll (laughs) we'll, we'll do home visits. Thanks again, Dr. Roddy Raban, for coming it. in. Yeah. And is there anything else you'd like to promote? Yeah, well, I wanted to invite you guys to my podcast now. See? Oh, thank now you. Now you can come play on my sandbox. Yes. Yeah, we'll have you on our podcast. Uh, we don't have such a lovely studio. We're not cl- oh. not as... Not as this you know, is my ex-husband's garage. Well, I, I slapped a few pictures well, up and called it a I'm day. A, uh, you know, we just have we have <laughs> we'll we'll figure something out. Yeah. But we'd love to have you on, and we can shoot the shit, and we can talk. Love it. We could talk you breast can, cancer to Holly, Hollywood, and uh, maybe some uh, some of your uh, tips for uh, yes, staying young, get staying chemo. Young. Get just chemo. kidding. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again, and we'll see you again on the next episode of Ask Jillian.